Hello and welcome to Truth Talks, brought to you by South African author, theologian and church leader, Dr. Christopher Pepler. You know, learning how to evaluate truth claims has never been more important than in the 21st century. COVID-19 may be on the wane, but theories of its origin, purpose and composition are still circulating as fast as airborne viruses. Do you remember in the past, we only had to contend with flat earth poppycock and fake moon landings and so on. you remember those days? Well, now we're faced with conspiracy theories and misinformation that would make Joseph Goebbels envious. I mean, it's crazy stuff. It would be okay if the tidal wave of misinformation washing through our brains via social media was just entertaining distractions, but they aren't. They confuse increase insecurity, raise tension levels, and can cause both physical and mental harm. It's not good stuff. So in May of 2020, I wrote an article titled So Pass It On, where I gave some advice on what information not to pass on to others and and why we shouldn't pass it on. But you know, since then, I've been obliged to view dozens and dozens of posts and videos covering such things as why all COVID-19 vaccines are actually deadly venom injections, how a cabal of all-powerful people are taking over the entire world, and how the end of the world will come in just a matter of months, and so on, and so on, and so on. And during a recent discussion regarding this sort of thing, I was asked why the church had not taught us how to evaluate such truth claims. Well, Now, I'm definitely not the church. I don't understand actually what the church is in that context. But I accepted the challenge to write something on evaluating truth claims. So here is what I've come up with. Now, if it were only a matter of applying logic, then it would be relatively easy to filter out the you-know-what from media posts and so on. But it isn't just a matter of applying logic. You see, emotions play a big role in whether that person will accept this information as valid and unfounded and just not based on truth. Sometimes it's not a matter of logic. Sometimes they just want to believe or want to disbelieve. There's an interesting article on the site sciencefocus.com where the author sets out a few researched emotional reasons why some people are more prone than others to conspiracy theories and the like. I think of all the things that were listed, the prime culprits is fear, specifically fear of not being in control and of being helpless in the face of some impending catastrophe. And ironically, and it is ironical, the thing that seems to ease the fear of some is not taking control, but it comes from buying into the idea that some shadowy elite group is actually in control. So then they then find a sense of worth and validation by passing on information to like-minded people and, of course, passing it on as warnings to sceptical friends and telling them there's something horrible that's about to come and they should watch out and pass it on, brothers, etc. And, of course, this just increases the general level of stress and anxiety and it fails miserably in providing practical help and solutions. So, emotions aside, what we all can and should be doing is applying critical thinking to truth claims that come our way. Two 
essential preliminary steps to take when we're exposed to new information that's passed on to us is one, test the premise. A premise is the base of an argument or theory, and a good way to identify it is to work backwards to a previous statement or a previous proposition from which it is inferred, you're working backwards down the chain. So what you're doing here is checking the validity and the connectedness of the statement made, for instance. If this is true, then that would also probably be true. Now, let me, let me give you an example. So recently I received and read a claim that an unnamed Spanish lab, some lab somewhere in Spain, had tested the Pfeiffer vaccine and found that it was 99% graphene oxide. And the person spreading this so-called fact across the world went on to state that this particular chemical was lethal. So the so-called logic, Pfizer was attempting to kill off millions of people by injecting them with some kind of deadly venom. Ah, super snake. <laughs> now, there is reliable evidence that graphene oxide is, in substantial doses, of course, can be very harmful. So the main premise in this media post is not the claim that it can be toxic, but it's the claim that it is a major component of Pfizer vaccines. This premise can be tested by scanning the list of contents on the vaccine seems label if you've got it or a photograph of it or you consult the food and drug administration list from the united states that's on the internet as well if we had a look at or you can access the research of an accredited laboratory that has analyzed the vaccine and not rely on some unnamed spanish lab and if you did that you'd find that actually this in particular ingredients isn't in the vaccine however here is the problem for us ordinary mortals to adequately check the validity of a false truth claim, such as the one I've just presented, requires both access to the right kind of information and a level of expertise that most of us just don't possess. So what do we do? We refer to time-honored reliable sources, such as reports by well-known medical faculties at major universities, which is available on the internet, or we go to articles in accredited news or fact-checking sources, you know, ones with high reliability index like Reuters or Associated Press or fact-check, and so on. But look, here comes another rub. You see, the advocates of the theories we are testing immediately claim that our so-called reliable sources are not reliable at all because they have sold out to Big Pharma, Big Tech, or some shadowy cabal of supermen. And so the conspiracy deepens and widens, and it presents itself as unfalsifiable. So what we need to do is evaluate the arguments logically, and falsifiability is number one on the list of evaluation. So one, falsifiable. This means, is there enough to, of valid evidence to prove that it is wrong or that the claims made are too general or vague or unsubstantiated to find against them. But the idea here is this. Any new truth claim must earn the right to be accepted by demonstrating that they can be tested, evaluated, and found to be truthful. And if some media post or article or video or whatever doesn't give you 
the ability to be able to say, I've checked it and it's wrong, they're making it unfalsifiable to you. How on earth are you supposed to show that it's wrong? And it's their job to convince you that the logic and the wisdom of all the great scientists of the world is actually cockeyed, and that these guys from the dark web have actually got the truth. Second, probable. So what are the chances of this being true? Again, for instance, most of these sort of worldwide conspiracy theories require that almost every authority and expert source in the entire world is in cahoots. So that means that the British government is colluding with the Iranian leaders, the Americans are colluding with the Chinese, the North Koreans are colluding with the Japanese, and subject matter experts, all of them, the true experts, are all singing off the same out-of-tune hymn sheet. Mm. Third check, generalizable. So let me use an example. Spotting three dogs that are black does not mean that all dogs are black, obviously. So some adverse reactions, for instance, to a vaccine doesn't mean that everyone will experience adverse effects. If you pick up three black dogs, there can be a million white dogs out there. Fourth, convergent. Are there several lines of research and reasoning from reputable sources? that are all coming to similar conclusions? Or is there evidence emanating from just a small number, sometimes just one, of similar-minded people or some particularly shadowy person somewhere out there? And then five, credible. Is the source of the information credible? Does it come from a well-known and generally well-regarded institution or person? Is the person promoting the idea itself suitably qualified? And is he or she actually experienced in the particular field that they are claiming to be experts in? So to these five criteria, by the way, I would add the matter of what I've called rhetorical malpractice. Firstly, does the source attack the opposition to the idea, but not the idea itself? See, often these things will make a big song and dance about how... Bill Gates is a crook and how oh, this man is wrong and that woman and blah, blah, blah. But they don't actually deal with the issues and the ideas themselves. Two, does it capitalize on fear of possible adverse consequences? Does it play on the fear paranoia of its readers or watchers? Three, does it beg the question by assuming that the conclusion is true without actually proving it to be true? You know, does it make a statement? and then assume that it's true, and then we've all got to come along and just assume that it's true, and then the whole thing is built on this false foundation. It's just a pack of cards. Four, is it peppered with inconsistent and self-contradictory statements? Often these things give themselves away, because when you go into them, what he says or what she says at the beginning of the audio tape is not the same as what they're saying at the end of it, and so on. And then lastly, does it argue that because it happened after X, whatever X is, it must have been caused by X. And does it exclude any other reasonable proposition other than the one it's promoting? Okay, all well and good, but at the heart of the issue are some fundamental choices we all have to make, that's you and me. One, 
are we prepared to do the hard work of researching and evaluating truth claims? And by the way, my opinion is that if we're not prepared to do that, what right have we do to pass it on to other people? Two, are we determined to allow logic and careful thinking to prevail over emotional and sensational appeal? It takes mental energy and time to apply logic and careful thinking. Are we prepared to do that? Three, are we committed to refusing to pass on fear and confusion-inducing theories until we have personally verified them and satisfied ourselves that the recipients can do something positive with the information. Oh, the end of the world's coming tomorrow. Well, great. What am I supposed to do about that? Do they encourage, hearten, and fill us and others with faith? Do they point us to Jesus? And then lastly, are we prepared to abide by the scriptural principles that we can easily deduce ourselves from the Word of God? Let me just give you four examples. Exodus 23.1 says, Do not spread false reports. Do not help a wicked man by being a malicious witness. Hmm. 2 Timothy 2.16 and 17 Avoid godless chatter, because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Ain't that true? And 2 Timothy 4, 3-4 For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. And they will turn their ear away from the truth and turn aside to myths. And lastly, 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us a spirit of fearfulness, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. Okay, in conclusion, I am convinced that most of us have the mental capacity and the basic skills to test truth claims. But I am not convinced that most of us are prepared to do the time-consuming and mentally challenging work that this requires. I'm equally sure that some people will find comfort in emotional validation rather than logical deduction. But I also believe that most disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ want to help others. But some just don't appreciate that the way to do this, to help others, is not through imbibing and then passing on conspiracy sewage, but by drinking and sharing the pure water of Jesus and His Word. Hope this helps. God bless you. Until next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Truth Talks from Truth is the Word Ministry. If you'd like to share your views, read up on related topics, or purchase one of Dr. Pepler's books, please visit his blog on truthistheword.com. And remember, Truth Talks.